Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I am joined by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How was your week? Uh, good. It was very good. I'm, I'm. Uh, what is my not tail end of COVID uh, lock in, hmm, but not yet. but I, you know we've been here so long that I've decided to. Uh, um, well, a couple weeks ago, I should say, I decided to start like making improvements to my area and space and such. Such one of those things because. Uh, Spending money on my on my office slash computer room has always felt like a kind of a selfish thing. Like if I'm building for the sure. house, it's like whatever Sid and I can use or stuff. But yeah, no, I, I it's great. I've got uh, I got I got in a uh, several things with the uh, like I got a mount for my. It's not very exciting talk, but a mount for my mm-hmm. uh, monitors. You know, like it mounts to the desk and then holds mm-hmm. them both up, matrix style. Um, I'm really, really enjoying that one. I have like all of a sudden a huge amount of desk space, but I was still had some things like, uh, my Oculus quest was there, which also I got a mounting thing, like a, it holder that holds all the stuff, you know, the, Oh, right. It's on. very nice. And it was like very affordable. It works really simple. A stand, I guess you'd say, uh, sure. it was on my desk. So, uh, yesterday came in, I have like co- two, five tier corner shelves that came in and. Now I have all my speakers set up nicely and my, um, hmm. what's it, that, again, that stand goes over on there. So all of a sudden, I'm today, I'm sitting with this really nice, clean desk and corner-mounted things <laughs> and 7.1 surround sound in this little bitty space. It's great. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, I'm living, living am... a home life of, of work. work. If, if I was you, I'd be like, this would be my normal work environment. I'd have to invest on it, right? Because I'm here all the time. Right, right. Yeah, I have a I have a standing desk that I built probably three or four years ago, and um, it doesn't have any drawers. I do have a couple of uh, Rubbermaid containers. Rubbermaid's the brand; they're not really they're like Sterilite or whatever. But um, you know, plastic storage bins down on the there's a bottom shelf. But I see pictures that I took like when I first got this monitor, and the desk is all clear. Like there's a couple things on it, but over the years, it just accumulates more stuff that I'm like, oh, where do I put this? I'll just set it here. And it just, like, as long as my keyboard and the space for me to move my mouse are are clear, I just accumulate stuff. And it's kind of frustrating. Like, I should go through and, and purge that stuff out more often than I do. But Oh, no, I totally get a lot, that. I totally get that. A lot of it, a lot of it just doesn't have, doesn't have a place. There's not, it's like, it's not to be thrown away, mm-hmm. and I don't have any other place to put it right now partly because um you know i'm staying in my parents house so i have this one little room you know full like three quarters of my stuff is in a storage unit and so i'm like if i had you know an actual house with places to store things i would have somewhere that i could put my collection of cardboard bar coasters sure no no i yeah a, a bunch of a bunch of brewery stickers for my uh my Bud Light mini fridge. Yeah, my my I like my little desks at work. My desk at work and my here. I, I like my little gadgets, gadgets, trinket things that I have on there. Like um, not a lot, but I've got uh, you know those. Um, I'm trying to think. They're called. They're like three. They're called 3D Earth or something. There. Um, oh, the metal. Yes. Models. Yes. I have one of those yes. too. I have several of those. Like I've got uh, like they're all. Um, was it Star Wars things? So I've got like the Millennium Falcon, Snow Speeder. I've got the the Atlantis, like the actual shuttle Atlantis. So so I've got things like that. Mm. A couple Transformers. Um, not a you not could. A lot, but. I I'm pretty sure you've seen it, but you could guess which one I have. Of 
you have the, the Enterprise, right? I'm, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, it's it's the original Enterprise. Oh, original yeah. series, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah, that they they have they have also the Enterprise D and like a, a maybe a bird of prey and also a Romulan war bird. I don't know if they have all three of those, mm. but my my most my, my, my most excited but very also very much expensive thing uh, piece I bought here that it's not in yet should be in next week is uh, I went ahead and splurged on a curio cabinet and okay I know I know I hear it in your voice Dennis I hear it <laughs> are you gonna you're gonna load it up with some Swarovski crystals yes exactly that see that's the the, okay. the problem with curio cabinets is that it's like displaying junk right it's like it's just stuff. All right, I know that's yeah that's the argument yeah. with it. Um, well, you have to like once or twice a year. People have to give gifts to people, <laughs> and at some point, somebody makes one comment about how they kind of think dolphins are cool, and then for the next fifty years, <laughs> um, maybe not fifty years. I'm being hyperbolic. Right. Um, people get them little glass dolphins or ceramic handmade dolphins when they go <laughs> on a trip anywhere they're like walking down a, a little shop like like nashville indiana not nashville uh yeah nashville indiana where there are all of these little shops and there's a lot of stuff that's handmade or stuff that looks handmade but it's really from china sure sure and you're like you're like oh i remember mike said he likes dolphins let's get him one of these little dolphins, little dolphins. And, and and you need a a cabinet with glass doors to keep all the garbage. <laughs> well, while I wish mine was that cool, my 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 <laughs> reasoning is not even that cool. <laughs> I I uh, you've been in my my basement where I've got all my geek stuff. Um, yeah, I try to display some things, but you know, it's just kind of because my display is also play with. Namely, this curio sure. cabinet is going to be full of transformers. Like, I see, and it's, I see. it's important that it has, that it has doors to open. Cause I, you know, I, I've, I've mentioned this before. Transformers are much like puzzles to me. So if I get like in a puzzle right. mode, I will grab a transformer and work through it. Right. Um, so, I tried that one when I was at your house. I, I felt like I was going to break it. <laughs> right. You just, you know, you work through that. Uh, so I, uh, I, and I have lots of them, but I don't like that they're in a, like in a box. Right. And, and I have mm, half sure. of them out. Which is nice, but I, you know, I'd like to have again. It's just like a Rubik's cube. It's really is like a Rubik's cube sitting there close that so you could work it. It's kind of something that you do. Yeah. Um, only mine, most of mine turn into jets, which are pretty cool. I like jets. Sure. Um, sure. So anyway, I got this curio cabinet. It's not necessarily inexpensive, but I plan to. I've got lights, like little like wire lights type thing that I can put in it, mm -hmm. um, so it should light up. And I'm just going to put my transformers in there so that I can open it up and have them there. It's also. Something like this for me is a good, believe it or not, non-hoarding thing because it's kind of sure. like it's my dedicated space. If I get any it's more a, than that, it needs to go away. It's a fixed amount of space. Yeah. Hey, um, today some news came out, and, and I and I want to talk to you about this because I'm excited about it. But I, I It's can't always imagine. fun trying to guess what you're going to segue. Right. <laughs> I can't imagine how you feel about this. What about that Christopher Pike Enterprise spinoff? I mean, what do I always say? And, espe and especially <laughs> on this podcast, Is that what moderate you your expectations. Yeah, yeah. I I can't like I I heard the news and I was hyped, and then Justin found and linked the video with um, the three uh, Rebecca Romaine, Ethan uh, Peck. 
What's his last name? Peck. Ethan Peck and Ansem Mount, you know, like thank you to the fans type thing. Right. And I just can't, like all of the best things of any of the new Star Trek we've seen has been, I mean, there were a couple of like, you know, uh, you know, uh, big, big hype nostalgia moments in Picard when sure. Jonathan Frakes shows up and stuff like that. Right, but right. Um, the the best like new things that are not not nostalgia were Anson Mount's, you know, uh, portrayal of Captain Pike oh, yeah. in season two of Discovery. And when they jumped forward and were like, oh, you know, it's going to be way in the future past anything we've ever seen i'm like okay well that's sort of cool like i it's it's sort of a mixed uh you know like a double-edged sword when you're dealing with prequel kind of stuff like on the plus side the writers are constrained by the existing canon right like i'm i'm coming more and more to think that that is good as long as they don't use it as an excuse to do just pure nonstop nostalgia which is just yeah it's like uh you know it's like it's like something sweet it's like putting sugar in stuff like a little bit of it is good but too much is right. gross um but you know you can you can be free of that and and do your stories way in the future and then you know it's it's trickier to say like has it's gone off the rails it you know, true to the, true to the original thing. And if not, then that, you know, it opens up a whole series of things that are just harder for me to be, you know, a hundred percent enthusiastic about. Right. Um, but, but Pike enterprises, there's like no canon. Or Pike enterprise you have to worry is, about. Yeah. Like there are a couple of important parameters, but, you know, like as far as what one, he can't die. Right. We know that she can't <laughs> right, die and right. spot can't die. And we know Spock doesn't die. Um, well, well, the, I guess number one could die. Number one could die. Um, and we know, you know, Pike's end. Yep, we know how he dies. I mean, or, he's, yeah. he's still alive at the time, uh, you know, Kirk's Enterprise happens. Right. So he has to live that long. <laughs> right. So, so we have those parameters. We also know that, I guess when we're talking about, like, what is, what is this series limited to? Only that. And also... That's that Spock can't necessarily emotionally grow. Right? To to a certain extent, yeah. He has to be He has to be very Vulcan when he meets He has to be very Vulcan at the start of you know the original series. Right. It has to it has to link up correctly with, with that. Right. So um, so and also uh to make Kirk's and his relationship mean something, how how Spock evolves more into his human side. That's very important that James Kirk helps him do that just by their friendship. That's what makes their friendship Mm -hmm. so great. So it can't be necessarily something that Spock does in this series. Right. Right. So that's kind of a, those are the only like constraints that you might have. It it seems like if I had to guess from what we've seen already, I think um, Ethan Peck's Spock will go, take the sort of reverse journey i agree where he starts out young and and hot-headed which is the whole thing about vulcans that they're they suppress their emotions because they can't control them right they can't manage them 
and so they just suppress everything down and operate on pure logic. Right. Um, and so he seems to be a little more comfortable, you know, feeling and expressing emotions. We saw that in the in the Q and A short track, mm-hmm. um, and that he'll maybe, you know, bring some of that bring some of that down and become more reserved and controlled and self-controlled as he gets older. Though I don't think there's a ton of time in this window. I think it's 10 Maybe years is what they said. Like 10 years, yeah. which 10 years is plenty of time. Yeah. It's that's, it's that's enough seasons. time for two. That's enough time for two five-year missions. Yeah. It's more, it's more than any Star Trek show has been on. So that's true. That's true. Right. Uh, uh, so yeah, he he could. I mean, I agree. I think that's that's the way you can go with Spock. Is that you know his more emotional because he even is when he's with Michael Burnham. Like he's he shows more emotion and has more emotion, and that's a thing that older Spock really just never did until the movies, and then then he starts kind of leaking it out slowly. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's uh, I, I'm excited about all of it. I, I'm most excited about Anson Mount. I, I won't lie. I think he is, he has potential to be my most favorite captain of all time. Like mm-hmm. clearly Picard is now, except yeah. new Picard. I don't, I'm not a fan of new Picard. Not, not the show, the new captain. Uh, <laughs> anyway, off topic there. Uh, but uh, Anson Mount, like Christopher Pike is the kind of person that it's the kind of captain, captain of anything that I like. I love Han Solo. Sure. But a paladin, heroic, optimism, hope-filled person is, I love that, right? And an inspirational leader is something that I absolutely love. I would, always said that yeah. my, my favorite thing in life is to follow some, not be number one, but to follow somebody who's an amazing leader, mm. right? And Anson Mount could be one of those things for Star Trek, right? To show what yeah. the Federation yeah. is about. I think that's part of why, that's part of what I like so much about the character of, um, Saul Ty, Colonel Ty in um, Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. Because, you know, Adama is this, you know, this leader, like capital L. Right. The, the, the gravitas, the, you know, the familial, like, respect that he earns from, from his whole crew. And, and Colonel Ty is this, like, broken kind of uh, guy who, like, does the best that he can, but owes his life to, to the commander and just, um, you know, is always, is always by his side, is always backing him. Right. Um, yeah. And, and Pike, Pike is just going to be, I mean, as he was on discovery, the, the thing about his time on discovery was I was always nervous about the other shoe dropping that writers were going to be like, okay, now let's, mm-hmm. now let's make him a mirror version. Right. You know, uh, call back season one but the right. but the they they were it's the favorite thing of writers to do today is to take somebody and then like what if we played the other side like okay like can we just not have somebody be the baseline <laughs> can we not just have a baseline yeah. right like everyone maybe not everyone but almost every character they wrote in discovery was like broken or uh, super conflicted or um, compromised yeah. in some way. Like they had right. something in their past or some dark secret they were hiding or, um, you know, any, any number of those kind of things, except for maybe Tilly, who was just 
you know, Tilly. sort of yeah. audience audience surrogate character mm-hmm. um, most of the time. But yeah, like just this strong, confident, charisma, charismatic leader. And I'm remembering it makes me kind of want to go back and rewatch some of uh, Discovery season two. But I'm remembering scenes where, you know, he would he would make a sort of hardline thing and, and Michael would confront him and he would hear her out and he would change his mind. Like right. he was not, um, you know, uh, he was confident without being arrogant yeah. and, you right. know, could, could be, could be talked to, could be reasoned with. It was not a, um, um, authoritarian. Yeah, for sure. And he, he supported his crew. Um, I mean, even but at without, his, even without at his own weak. detriment, right? Like Starfleet told him to do a thing and he's like, that's what we're going to do. And then someone, they, his crew had a discussion with him and he's like, you know what? I'm going to support this. And he makes the call. And like, that was fantastic. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and also he had a scene. I, I am going to watch Discovery 2 again now that we have this announced. So I can appreciate this. Um, mm-hmm. I know I can't fully remember. But I know there was a time when he was um, tempted. I can't, I can't, I think it was with his, like, what's his future or something when he could see the, the time crystal or something. Well, the, the, the Thelosians show up, right? And yeah. get into his mind. Yes. Right. That's when they do the, the people online were like, this is the first time ever that a Star Trek episode has used a flashback from a different series, uh, in the same as like to connect the canon together, which is, right. you know, it's like a Super Bowl stat. It's really specific. Right. Um, but th- th- this, but he, yeah. he was he was like tempted with the dark side, I guess you'd say. Very much to me akin to probably my favorite Next Generation episode, which is the um, the, the There Are Four Lights episode. Mm. Right. That, mm-hmm. where, where Picard almost breaks and but he, you know, sticks through everything you think that you hope that you would do if you were in that situation. Um, mm-hmm. And Pike did the same kind of a thing. And I'm like, that's what you want. You don't want to have to be like, you want that, that hope overcomes all that, that, you know, yeah. Positivity will, will win the day that strength and honor and all those things that at the end, when you're fully tested and that it comes through. Um, and I think that th- those two captains are, are some of the best that, that we've seen. Unfortunately, you know, I think that enterprise with Archer started off that way. And then, um, the writers felt that they were losing viewers and they tried to do so much different stuff from season two on. And they started mm-hmm. making Archer this very like angry kind of guy the whole time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I liked him season one and Bacula was playing him fun. And then they just tried to, to layer him up too much and he was terrible. Yeah. I mean, I've not like I never watched Quantum Leap yeah. or any of that. So I don't know about his his range as an actor, but yeah, he doesn't seem like he really thrives in a in a bitter, angry kind of role. He's a little more paternal, he, just yeah, like yeah. just like Anson Mount is, right? And that and they were just trying to write him in this angry thing, so it never worked. It really didn't, and it never came across. A lot of things in that show didn't, but but that was sure. a thing as a captain that that didn't do it for me. Um, so yeah. Anyway, I'm I th- I'm excited. I. I, like you, sure. I don't think that I'll be able to moderate expectations. Although, honestly, I'm not sure I have high expectations for it. I know exactly what it is. I know exactly the, the characters, who they are, and I know that's exactly true. I mean, we've everything about we've it. seen them. We've seen what they do writing these 
writing the characters for these three actors and it's all been excellent yeah um so i mean you know we've not we've seen a short track we've seen them in some scenes the the interactions between spock and michael were not great uh in season two discovery yeah um and we only got some of of Anson Mounts Pike. Like there was all of this other stuff going on in the season. So there are a lot of questions. Like, are they gonna do are they gonna go back to more episodic? Maybe not as episodic as original series, but a little more like disc, um um Voyager or Deep Space Nine kind of thing? Are they gonna do, you know, season long story arcs like Discovery did? We'll We'll find out. I, I think it would be a great opportunity, obviously just conjecture at this point with nothing to go on. Yeah. Except yeah. the title of the show. What, what What is the title again? I can't remember. It's like exploration or. Oh, uh, strange new worlds. Strange new worlds. Right. So that just, that, that title sounds like a very episodic, episodic right? adventure. Yeah. Uh, 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 planet of the week. Yeah. Kind of thing, which, you know, I, I was, I was all in on the season-long story arcs when Discovery first started, but now that we've gotten two seasons of Discovery and Picard and, and a full season of Picard and seeing the short treks, like the downside to short treks is that some of them aren't great while others are amazing, but you have more like I don't know, there're more there's more opportunity there because because it's not this one thing like if the one uh, season-long story arc of Discovery starts to get weird and dumb, well, now the whole season is shot. Yeah, exactly. The, and, and you know, just like the the next generation, you can have pivotal things in the story throughout the season. You can have, like, this episode is really big, and this one is a board where the board capture him, you know, that are, like, big things that happen. Yeah. Um, so it's not like they can't have that but they can just not center around that. And yeah, you, you can't go back to the, I mean, unless you're doing an anthology show, right? Like short treks, you can't go back to the sixties era style of writing where, you know, Kirk can go back in time, fall in love with a woman and have to watch her die and then be fine next week. Yeah. Right. Like that, that doesn't work in the modern, in the modern era. If you have the same characters, they're, audiences expect them to be affected by the things that happen to them right but but, um, but on the other side every episode doesn't have to be that right every episode can be an exploring a world learning come, overcoming and, an objective and the next week yeah the, totally forget about the, it. the story of an episode can be um can live in isolation and you can have you know um you can have an episode like the inner light or darmok from from next generation uh, you know, alongside that weird episode where where uh, Doctor Crusher falls in love with a weird ghost, the ghost, yeah, thing. yeah, right, yeah. That, so, so yeah, I I do think it is a great opportunity for them to do some kind of episodic thing because there are now actually seven Star Treks in production. So, yeah, is, is that so much Star Trek, right? I mean, there there are a lot of different genres, so I I get that, but the um, yeah, seven of them, so you can do. Especially if you have three, possibly four, live action things. That would be the Giorgio one, Discovery, Picard, and this new one, uh, Mm -hmm. the Enterprise. So you can have those four things be four different kinds of shows. Right. You know, and and honestly, at this point, I would say that 
Discovery which should is and should be their flagship kind of baseline Star Trek show, right? Maybe I don't, or I should yeah. say, new Star I mean, Trek today, modern Star Trek show. It's it's yeah, it's what they kicked all of this off with, right? So and Picard would be futuristic. I guess it's weird to say futuristic, but like I don't know. Uh, I think of it as like Battlestar or uh, um, SG One type it's, stuff, right? Yeah, it's a little uh, post-apocalyptic. Yeah, I guess more more dour. Um, mm-hmm. and, and then hopefully an episodic type thing. And I have no idea what the Giorgio thing, I would not be hurt if that one didn't get put off because I think she's a great character, but probably just a character is good enough. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what you do with that Yeah, in isolation. I think she's totally fine knows? how she is. All right. But whatever. So anyway, that's, yeah. that's really cool. We, we, we won't talk about this too much, but, uh, our friend group has started playing the Star Trek bridge crew thing too. So I've mm-hmm. been living some Trek for the last couple of weeks. That's been very exciting for me. And uh, next week you're going to be involved in that this coming soon. right? Yeah. Let's uh, let's talk about that for a little bit. Not, not too much too about that one, but yeah, I think because we, we still got, we still got a movie, but I mentioned right at the end of the show last week that I had found and ordered an Oculus quest. Correct. Yeah. Um, and it came I got in, that, right? Yeah, I got that in this past Monday. Um, awesome. Was not was not as difficult as I expected. I just had to go on Walmart dot uh, com in the right window of time and mm-hmm. order one. I was I I was about fifty fifty on whether or not that order would actually ship. <laughs> right, uh, sure. But it did, and then I went through this roller coaster of watching the tracking the whole time my family were here. And not that <laughs> if it came, I wasn't going to be able to go down the basement and just play it for a couple hours when yeah, I had right. family from out of town. But um, that's worse. Cause you had a lot of people there and you can't actually just like sequester yourself for hours at a time. Right. 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 And so it didn't really matter if I got it right away or not. I mean, I it's just like Christmas, anyway. right? It's like you open up the yeah. present and now you want to play it all day long. Right. <laughs> right. right. Uh, but I got that. Um, I've not had a ton of time because uh, it's, we're recording way late in the week it's friday instead of our normal monday um it arrived on monday uh the last the last of my family didn't leave until yesterday um but the the half of the group left wednesday so i had some time in the evenings just you know right before i went to bed play around with it a little bit um I've not gotten to trying any of the uh, the Steam VR tethered linked kind oh, of link, yeah. mm-hmm. um, experience, but uh, played some of the demos. Um, bought and played a fair bit of uh, of Beat Saber. Did which you is buy? Great. Did you buy any uh, DLC for Beat Saber? Yeah, I bought the Green Day pack. Yeah, I'm I'm that. a little disappointed at the the selection of songs. There's very sparse like collection of songs yeah there sure there is some way that you can like sideload other songs onto it and i've been just reading about that a little bit oh i I have Um, to hear that i have to figure that out but not not gotten to actually trying it yet that that would be great i know i know that um i i have not i played it and i but i've not played it as extensively as i'd like and i I actually kind of wanted to play it today i might play it actually after this but um the um Every time I get on, I have a great 
absolute wonderful time. I actually bought mm-hmm. I bought some new accessories that came in yesterday. I'm looking to try. I it's a little heavy on the front. Like it's not. I don't want to say that yeah. word because everybody gets scares off from the quest. Like oh, it's clearly heavy. It's not heavy. Like oh my god, it's weighing my head down. But you kind of notice it. Um, I, I notice it for yeah, sure. Yeah, and and uh, I had been noticing the last two or three weeks that the strap on the back starts to wear on my neck enough that it gives me a bit of a headache after a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really has started to really come around even more. So I bought this new padding strap type thing that goes on the back and it just kind of spreads out the um, tension, I guess. Sure. And sure. I put it on and Sydney and I immediately are like, Oh yeah, this feels like it just feels like it's lighter on your head. So I'm very happy to try that out probably tonight. Sydney put it on and played a whole session of Beat Saber and she says it's phenomenal. And it's just a little mm-hmm. kind of padding strap. It's really interesting. So I got that. Yes. And I also got in yesterday a silicone cover for the face mask part, which the I was going to... face part of it. Yeah. I, w- I was looking around on Reddit and that was a thing people were saying, like uh, some different straps. The main thing they were saying was uh, some kind of front thing sounds like what you're talking about because it doesn't it doesn't feel like like i can never get it just right on my face like i've gotten mine better than i ever had yours when i was trying yours mm-hmm. down in or trotsky's down in yeah yep. when i was down there um and so it's better but it still is like really easy to um to be just a little off so they say that and some people do a thing where they get a battery pack that goes i'm gesturing i've heard that i've heard that that it goes on on the the back like on the back of your head to sort Uh of counterbalance i mean and it's also a battery so you can play longer without plugging it in yeah i've I've heard that that a bounce i was wondering about that if that would just make the whole head heavier or not but it does seem like it kind of would right so i'm trying out this one and and i i I won't talk about too much about it i'll talk about it next week maybe and give us a little bit of a review on it um i will say that just putting it on when I opened them up, I felt a little disappointed that I got these things that felt very kind of like small and didn't feel like they were like, Oh man, this isn't going to do anything. Just put in these things on here. But mm-hmm. as soon as I put them on, it immediately felt better. So I'm going to try it tonight and this weekend and we'll, I'll come back and tell you next week. And it works. The, the big thing about the silicone like cover, it goes over for those who don't know about the quest. It's obviously VR. It just goes on your face. So there's like a padding between where mm-hmm. the, the front thing and your face, right? Between the actual right. device and your face. So it's a, I don't know, inch thick padding maybe. Um, and it's comfortable. It really is. But the real problem is, and maybe Dennis knows this already, when you play Beat Saber for any extended time or other kind of exercise thing, you sweat. <laughs> like I, I was sweating like crazy. And that that foam type material absorbs it or padding. Mm. So it's yeah, not, not good. That's and not you what you want. Yeah, you can't really wash it. You have to throw it away and buy an expensive new replacement. So mm. this silicon thing goes over top of it and you can just pull that off and wipe it off. I see. I see. So it's, it's, it's nice. I'm again, I've not used it. I'll, talk, I'll review it next week. Next week. Sydney. I will say I'm, uh, I'm going through the campaign in beat saber. Yeah. And I've just gotten yesterday and today gotten to where the songs, instead of being normal mode are hard. Okay. Hard yeah. mode. Um, and they're doing different things like in one I had to move my arms a lot, and then in the other one I had to move 
my hands and arms as little as possible. Oh, yeah. Oh, right? so it's, it's just like progressing you kind of slowly, right? Yeah, it's it's adding and doing different kind of challenges. Um, I need to but I that. did I did a couple of them today and I think I think the last one I did was one that was hard mode and minimal amount of movement or something. Um, most of them are like, if I can't get it in one try, usually I get it the second try. Like once I have a good sense of the rhythm of the song and whatever. But, uh, yeah, after I put, and I didn't play very long, like four or five, you know, songs Mm -hmm. and I was getting a little sweaty and mostly around my eyes where the headset is hot and it's not hot, but like heavy on your head and pressed up against your not, skin. Not as much so. breathing air there. Right, yeah. right, exactly. Yeah, we, the uh, the thing Sydney reported when she came back upstairs after it, she said that the silicone cover, she says, it does great. The problem is, is that, like, she said, Dad, the, the padding absorbs some of your sweat. This does not. So she said, "I'm it's beating mm. all running down my face. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, so I get that. We'll, we'll see. Um, but, yeah, I, I have not... Um, I have not played the campaign. Like every time I get, I've gotten on a beat saber. Sydney's usually been like, I'll play with you, which is really fun. It's kind of a family. Okay. Thing. Yeah, like, yeah, I'll yeah. get on. I'll play. We'll play for two songs. We have this thing where like, I'll pick a song and then I'll pick a second song. And whatever that second song is, she has to play first and like kind of okay. like compare scores. And then she picks mm-hmm. another song that she plays. And then I have to play that one. So it's two songs type thing. Um, right. So I've not played it by myself. Now she has. So she did the campaign thing. And what it mm-hmm. sounds like is I should do that because I just jumped into like the middle songs or something. And some of them are way more mm-hmm. difficult than others. And she's playing on yeah, like, expert. I don't know how she does there, that. There are a lot of, I after I bought the Green Day pack, I did a couple songs and then wanted to try one on hard. I'm like, what's the difference between medium and hard? Because I was doing medium or not medium. I was doing normal mm-hmm. at like. Like sometimes a hundred percent. I mean, it's not percent like that because you're scored on how close to the center you hit and your range of motion and stuff. Yeah. But, um, you know, I'd have like one miss in the whole song and I'm like, I could probably handle hard mode. And I did one of those green day songs, hard mode oh, and gosh. like 20 seconds into it. I failed. I was yeah. like, what are the, there's so much movement here. There's no way I can even see all this, much less I know, keep, right. keep it straight. The, the 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 Green Day stuff, like so. I that was probably that was the first pack that I bought. I think I bought that one, and Sid wanted a, the Imagine Dragons one. I think that's all I've got. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but the uh, the Green Day one I, again. I was playing on normal or hard. I think is what I would pick. You know, go back and forth. But but hard on one is not the same as hard on another because like some of them no. are just harder, right? Well, I, I thought yeah, I was, well, the, I was doing fine with hard on some, and then I played the Green Day one hard, and like you said, 20 seconds in, and I was just toast. Yeah, just there's all life. this guitar stuff going on, so they have weird motions that's not as, uh, you know, beat-centric as the as the songs that they, you know, their original soundtrack songs. But, but I will say that, again, I feel like I'm, this, not no offense to him, but but the Star Wars kids, I feel like I know that I look terrible, probably. Yeah. But w- yeah. when I'm when I'm doing it, it feels like I'm a, a an Asian sword master with my <laughs> and I'm doing these Tai Chi moves that are just beautiful, right? It's it feels so great. It, yeah, it I know. Nice. One of the times that I came down to Bloomington, Aaron had his uh, his PlayStation VR set up at Trotsky's. Yeah. And so I tried it, and I was like, this game is pretty fun, but I'm super self conscious 
that they're like half a dozen people right on the other side of the room, you know, watching me and I can't see what they're doing because I've got this thing on my head. Yeah. And uh, so it's it's much more fun for me to play in my room with the door closed. Well, I, I will I, I will second that and agree with it as well. I, I ho- hopefully once you you get used to it and get a chance to to get comfortable with um like the Steam Link. I, I I know I want I'd love for you to to play the Asgard's Wrath game and give you a review of that one because that's uh another one that I, I like I totally immerse myself into like I'm standing there as this cool Viking warrior that's totally awesome and doing cool stuff, but I know that I look like a fool probably, right? All right. Um, all right. But it's so it totally makes you feel like you're a warrior with a shield and sword or double swords and it's just really really cool. Which which game is that? Uh, Asgard's Wrath. It's one of the like really Asgard's highly okay. highly, it, it, and it's a game game. Not like there. I mean, Beat Saber is a game, but it's you know different. It's a rhythm game. It's an arcade. Yeah. Um, yeah, there are a bunch of demos that ship with it, and so I tried a couple of those uh, earlier today. Um, there's that space pirate. Oh, one I, I own that one on the the Steam, but I have not played it yet. It seems like it seems like kind of a rail shooter. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was like ten bucks is when I bought it for ten bucks or something. Yeah, and the other one is something about gods. Mm, I don't know that one. It it looks kind of like a little bit of a Breath of the Wild clone, just in oh, the okay. you know, but like obviously very basic, just as some basic. Like you have a sword and a shield, or you have a crossbow, and you kind of cock the crossbow with your second hand oh right there's a lever, right, there's yeah. a lever on it yeah, I think um I saw that. and and i saw i got to see firsthand um because the uh uh darth vader game that i played at your house doesn't do this it does the teleporting you rest right um yeah. mm-hmm. like beat saber you don't go anywhere right you stand and you move and the shooter game was the same way um but this game you have to move around and like look at these things and fight them and you've got the usual thing where like a big weird worm that came up out of the ground and is terrorizing the villagers Mm -hmm. is a lot more um kind of strange and disturbing when it's you know five feet high yeah run right up to it and swing your your sword to get him but it doesn't do the teleport moving it actually moves with the joystick like a normal video game yeah, that's how and this Asgard's Wrath does, too. I saw right away why people don't like that. I was, like, getting a little bit of vertigo. Yeah, like it, just, that's why I wonder, Just like, moving forward. I think that it's... I, I I like it if I'm prepared for it. Like, again, for Asgard Wrath, yeah. I was in the mode of, like, being an Asgard person. And I think teleporting would have really, really threw me off of that mm-hmm, immersion. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I get it. I get, like, moving around. You just have to be ready that, like, okay, I'm going to move... And it's, I'm not actually moving, but it's, you know, it's moving through a space. Uh, yeah, the yeah. the weird thing about this game was that you moved forward with the joystick, but you still sort of turned with your head, which was strange. I I went in the other room where the TV is and played in there because there's more open space. Yeah. And when I got done with the demo and took the headset off, I was like several steps forward in the room and facing the complete opposite direction that I thought I was. Oh yeah. You have no idea. No, no idea. Yeah. You're, you're really, I mean, you know, you've got a thing on your head that's projecting a screen that you, you see with your eyes, but it really does feel like you're at least partially somewhere else. Oh, for sure. For real. I mean, and that's hard to really 
explain to anyone without actually experiencing it. Yeah. The, um, so I have um, the, the quest things so far that I've played in, and obviously I've not played all of them, but the quest ones are very light on depth so far they seem. And that's I think that's mostly sure. because of limited space that you have. Like if, mm. if you look at any of your Steam games, a lot of them take up 20, 30 gigabytes of space or whatever. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of data that you need to right. render, you know, fully fully 3D uh, you know, skyboxes. Right. And so and you can't do that on a quest when the there's only two versions and one of them is 64 gigabytes. So you have you're asking people to load and delete and download and delete multiple times mm-hmm. between games. So a lot of times I think that Oculus has made the effort that if it's for the quest, then it has to be small and it has to be, you know, just kind of quick to load type things. So it's mm-hmm. that's that's super important as opposed to when you wire it in with the link, the Steam link, not Steam link, the Oculus link. Like, oh, now you have a whole different kind of animal. Like you have the Rift Store and Steam VR, which are not tied to that at all. They're totally, you know, as big as the hard drive on your computer can be. Yeah. Uh, and then all of a sudden you're now you're playing what I keep calling real games, where they're depth and stories and there's skill trees and, you know, puzzles and lots of really cool things, uh, dialogue and and stuff. So it's uh but then again you're tethered. At that point, you're tethered. I, I can't go downstairs into my bigger room and play those. Right. You know, I have to play them here in my small office. Uh, so anyway, I, that's cool. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to seeing how, how you, you feel about it. Um, you've played Star Trek in VR before, Bridge Crew. Um, mm-hmm. Now you'll be able to play it with uh, other people on that. It, it's kind of yeah. neat. We, we did play it. Again, we'll talk about this next week when we get full impressions of it. But... Um, I, my, my, my ship has, which is the USS Janeway, we called it, um, hmm. is made up of three people playing in VR. Um, one or two, are, I think, are PlayStation VR. And one is myself with the Quest. And then we have Ben, who's just PC. So okay. it's really kind of interesting because the VR people, you see them move their heads to look at you and their hands like they're. They're moving yeah. their hands like people do. And when, and it's all kind of 3D positional sound. So when the helmsman, which happens to be Marcus, is talking to me, he looks back at me, right? I see him looking at me and talking to me. As, as opposed to Ben, who's on the PC, who is his character is just always looking forward and his hands are in specific spots all the time. <laughs> right, right. Right. Uh, so it's, it's really such an... And then also, it's funny, you can tell when somebody is is doing something else because all of a sudden their hands go up to where their heads are. And then they st- it holds up like they're, they're pushing the, the VR headset off. It's, it's really like good. in uh like in upload in upload. Exactly. I like can upload or ready player one. Yeah. So it's like, uh, Marcus has lifted his, his head up, headset up. But, uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. That moves this into the Trek thing is that we're, we're going to play bridge simulator or have been in the, um, in a VR experience. So I, I like being in the Trek world at this this thing it's pretty fun yeah hey, yeah we're kind of deep in this real quick you want to um hit our uh 2020 challenge real quick and we can talk about that yeah we are this week uh, at at a an older movie 
Um, it's hard. We like to use the words classic or masterpiece or things like that. And, and I'm not sure how I, I can't, you can't just uh, categorize black and white movies as classic. I, I think that's unfair. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. It's that, unfair to new things, but that just means old unless it's, you know, I think Tarantino or somebody did a black and white movie within the last five years. That's different. Sure. That's just so so I guess under style, that auspice, this is a, a classic movie that is called 12 angry men 1950s is that correct 1957 seven yeah um it is uh on on imdb's top 250 it is number five whoa out of 250 that's something else it's it's not a and it's not an overt rating it's a like the aggregate stars Okay. Right. So, like, they just take the star rankings and sort descending, and it goes Shawshank, Godfather, Godfather Two, Dark Knight, and then this. I'm surprised Dark Knight is up there, number four. That is. That is something. Um, it's is pretty crazy. That but, pretty um, this is a movie. Uh, so it's uh, Henry Fonda and a bunch of other people I've never seen or heard of. So Lawrence except- from Lawrence of Arabia, right? Uh, no. Wait, no, no. No. Uh, that was... Oh, shoot. I'm not going to remember now. Peter O'Toole? Peter O'Toole. Okay, yes, yeah. right. Um, this is obviously a... Uh, Henry Fonda is a contemporary of his, but he did right. westerns and stuff. I'd mostly seen him in, um, things later, like... Uh, boy, I don't even know. Yeah, not, not a lot of these 12 angry men did I actually recognize. No, right. I mean, he, Henry Fonda died in 82, which was the year after I was born. So, (laughs) you know. Well, I mean, uh, a lot of these, I mean, a lot of, you you still, we've seen a lot of shows that are older shows and we'd see like, oh, I remember him in other shows later or something. But these guys I haven't seen a whole lot of. There there weren't really really any of those. I think um, Ed Bagley, who I assume is Ed Bagley Jr.'s father. um, Okay. this guy who was in while you were sleeping. Uh, I think that the, the, the gist here is that like, it's, this is not something that we, or at least I knew about. I didn't know that like, there's nothing to say that like, Oh, these guys were famous because they were in these movies. No, and, I, and this made this movie big or whatever. Right. No. And this is boy, where to, where to even start? There, there's uh, like a cast. This has a cast of like maybe 15 people. And, Besides a few extras at the very end, there's like 15 people and one room for the set. Yeah. Well, there there's, are there's two rooms, I guess, but there are 12 guys and and a bailiff at the, the bailiff, door. But and you I... see the judge and you see the accused at the very beginning. Oh, and I guess you? They, yeah, you like it, you, like in the in the newspaper montage. I missed that. Oh no! Like at the very very beginning, you see them in yeah. the they're in the the. The, the room, not the room, but they're in the um, courtroom and right. they're all sitting there and the judge is talking and the bailiff comes up and there's, I guess there's also a lawyer on each side. Um, yeah. They do this sort of um, narration uh, montage. That's interesting. I had forgot that. And I'll, I'll get into why I missed and forgot some of the details at the very right. beginning, because later so, on in the so movie, you just see that for just, just a, a short few minutes and then the rest right. of the entire 99% of the movie is just 12 people and maybe a bailiff who comes in twice. 
and yeah, he doesn't like have any words. opens the door to to give him something or to take it back. It's in in TV in television they call this a bottle episode, where okay. the whole the whole episode happens in a bottle, like in one yeah in one on one set. But that's what this whole movie is like. There's one scene that happens in the men's room. Other than oh, that, right, the whole yeah. movie takes place in this in this jury room. Um, that's very small. The, like it's the, it's a the very courtroom sp- scenes. Uh, the courtroom scenes are interesting because I was under the assumption that the um, nationality or ethnicity of the um, accused was intentionally not stated, like not said. Yeah. Um, but if they showed him, obviously it was. Yeah, just, it was. And they showed I just him. missed that. I'll right. tell you what I tried to do um, because I waited as I do sort of last minute to watch this also I had family in town all week and I didn't know anything about this to say whether it was one I would try to um try to watch with my family. Um I tried to watch this in the VR, like with the VR headset. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so I had a lot of trouble like there's no native Plex app. Mm-hmm. Um and so I had to use uh um remote desktop but i didn't have remote desktop so i was using big screen but i can't ironically i got the app like immersive or something that actually is a remote desktop that lets me control the computer but i didn't have that i had big screen which is just streaming like you can't do anything with the computer yeah uh while you have the headset on and so i had to keep like restarting it and repositioning stuff because i wanted to wear it lying in bed Oh, okay. And yeah. every everything is like not everything, but most things are designed to, you know, you sit or stand up and you're looking at it like I it's forget straight across that too. from you. I should I should try that again for some things. Yeah, okay. And you know, I could you know s- grab the screen with the controller and kind of maneuver it around. And I I finally did get it set up, but after about like ten fifteen minutes, I got kind of uncomfortable laying with it on my head and you know, my neck and stuff. And I was like, this is not worth this. Um, you know, I <laughs> right. could just put headphones on and get my iPad and, and watch it. It'll be fine. Um, and so the, uh, the beginning like setup of the movie was, was a little bit vague to me, but this is a movie where I, I 100% understand why this movie is in this place of honor or prominence in movies. It's, incredibly well made i 100 percent agree i i understand i understand also why it's one that i never heard of sure sure um, I, I could see some people really not liking it and also really not getting it right right it's it's the exact kind of thing that we've had a handful of these on this poster where i'm like i'm like just give us a list we'll go through it it'd be interesting conversation every week even if we sometimes have the same conversation every week about why a movie should or shouldn't be on this list. Sure, but sure. um just stuff like like Marion Max or um I know there are other ones that I'm not thinking of. Maybe Reservoir Dogs, though I like you can't call anything Tarantino obscure. Yeah. Um but things that you know are are highly regarded that I've either never seen or never even heard of. Like I'd yeah. never seen Seven Samurai, and I knew that was um, 
one of these. I'd never seen Reservoir Dogs, and I had at least heard of it a couple times. Right. Um, uh, Same with um, Vertigo. Yes. And, you know, there are a handful of those. But this this I'd never even heard of. I'm like, what is this? What is this about? And then I read a summary, and it's like, oh, a a sort of jury, um, you know, uh, um, some kind of uh, legal yeah it's movie a, it's a legal and, thing right and that's that's a whole genre right like yeah all of the all of the movies that were adapted from john grisham novels all of the um you know columbo matlock murder she wrote um any like it's a whole thing yeah right over the over the years like from it, this it could i have don't been know anything about the description and whatever you you, yeah, you really don't get anything from anything on this movie and then you watch it and you're like yeah i don't know how else i would describe it like that's that's literally all it is so um i want to hit the bell so that we can talk about the actual sure like arguments and and things that change um once again we're talking about uh the 1957 film 12 angry men uh if you haven't seen it it's very worth watching um come back at the 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 recap for us I wouldn't watch it with kids because they're not going to get it, but, um, you know, it's it's safe. There's no, like, profanity or, yeah. or violence or anything like that. So I'm going to hit the bell. Got our spoiler um, bell. Spoiler bell. Yeah. Yeah. Spoiler bell. Um, so the, yeah, the, the, just the, thing, the, the thing with the, the, the genre, ahead. like, there's, you're right, there's, there's no genre to talk about this, and I almost don't want to tell people the genre is listening to, to twelve uh, a bunch of twelve guys, old guys sitting in a room because that also sounds like a terrible put off. But <laughs> and, and and also the other way to describe it is like, hey, you might have seen something like this if you watched a play or a musical. Like if you go and watch a play, because if you ever see some of those plays that are what's called in the round, where the mm-hmm. audience is all around the thing, yeah, yeah, there's that's a theater very, like that, right? And IU has one of those. It's really great. Um, it's some of my favorite ways to watch some of these plays um, so that there's nowhere really to go. It's just you're 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 stuck in this one location, this and, situation. Right. And, and yeah, that's kind of what this is. I was describing this to my sister, Sarah, and I said it, you know, it could be a play because it's just one set. Yeah. But it would be kind of hard to make it into a play in a traditional theater uh, layout because a lot of it is really subtle, at least by 1957 standards. Oh, it, it would um, have to be in a small, like, like I get, IU has one called the Wells Theater that it's a, it feels like you're right up, no matter what seat it is, it's very stadium straight up seating where you're all around yeah, it. You, you have to be, you have to be close enough to see, you know, some of these, uh, um, you know, facial reactions and, and reactions between these, these characters. Yeah. Everyone throughout the whole all 12 of these men are very character driven people and all of the things that they're doing at all times is super, super important and every little mannerisms they have. And, and I, I will say things like obviously the, the heat, right. And how the heat slowly yeah. gets to every single one of them and how they all deal with it. Um, and, and it's a literal pre- pressure cooker, right. That, that starts to happen. And then the yeah, storm, and it's so like it's you know it's set in time right like um yeah. 
my my closest analog to this is it's a wonderful life because that movie is a few years before this um but you know beloved classic right so any of its like it has things that are that are artifacts of its time but uh you know for a long time i would have said my number one movie um okay and i know you know i know why that one is more watched and more talked about than this because it has its you know super you know saccharine kind of uh happy ending that's that's very touching and very moving um and um this this movie so much of it felt so real you know for being a for being a work of fiction like um things that that you wouldn't even think of you know maybe maybe some of that is like groundbreaking or probably not groundbreaking but like out of the norm right when we talked right. about we talked about Casablanca and Casablanca and how movies were just being churned out and they were so like um whatever formulaic and and forgettable mm-hmm. and this is like you're thrown in in media res right like the trial which is what so much courtroom drama i mean court courtroom is in the name i mean even all the like procedural detective shows they all focus on some other part of this like the stuff that happens later in the movie when they start talking about the knife and the train and the sounds like mm-hmm. that's all stuff that in in most other writing courtroom drama writing is done out in the courtroom right some yeah. hotshot lawyer finds a piece of evidence or uh you know um the big the big twist reveal the big or twist the you know tom cruise or yeah. or whoever will will you know drop a drop a bomb and now sudden you know it's all the thing and this like i've never seen anything like this where all of that stuff is just discussed between these 12 guys and they don't know each other right they don't they There's, don't and they also don't know if it's true or real or can they prove it or it's just kind of you know there it's really important here that that they are trying to see these from different angles enough to do what the point of, of casting a shadow of a doubt it is their it's, doubt right yeah it's almost like <laughs> it's almost like a 90 minute commercial for our legal system or our judicial <laughs> right. system yeah right like they go around and they vote and Henry Fonda says not guilty. And the the guys immediately, you know, I mean, even you get that when they're chattering before they're like, oh yeah, murder trial is real exciting. I was afraid it was going to be, you know, something boring. Like, I don't, I forget what he says, but yeah, burglary, uh, or something stupid, yeah. burglary or something. And they're like, yeah, yeah. It's, and it's nice to have a, you know, good open and shut case like this. It's, you know, doesn't drag out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they go around and, and they Henry Fonda says that and they, the guys immediately like jump on him. They're like, what you don't think he did it? And he said, I, I didn't say that, but yeah. I don't know. And, like, and that yeah. character is so patient. And he has that, calm. he has that shadow of a doubt. He'll like, he'll wait and he'll, people will talk and then he'll go. I'd like to call for another vote. Yeah. And they vote and, again. And he's, he's so, he's so like the character is written and acted like never blows his top. Never. I mean, he is put into positions many times where he should or he he could get emotional about a thing. 
and and ne never does he get emotional right it's all very much like let's talk about this he is the literal voice of reason in that room right right uh, just uh, let's talk things um, and he's not and he's not in charge yeah well, yeah he, he he's not the leader but yeah. he is sort of in charge. Yeah, he he clearly is the the one that, and they all kind of put it on him, right? He's he he kind of puts it back a while, but they're all they all come back to him the whole time, like, well, you talk and you tell us why, and you and so he right. kind of gets forced on that. The uh, the thing too about these these twelve men, obviously, there a lot of them are very normal things. They're not, I wouldn't call them stereotypes per se, but they're they're just normal in their own way. They're just a variety of people. They're are different from guys from, from different walks of life. You've got, you know, the guy who grew up and lives in a in a slum. So he's wearing a suit, but it's not as nice as the other guy's suits. You've yeah. got the guy who works in advertising. So he's a little bit of a talker, a little bit of a daydreamer. Yeah. Um, you got the one old guy. You got the the foreman. Um, is foreman the right word? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, right. Um, who is like, he seems like a little bit of a little bit of a blue collar worker, but he's doing, yeah. doing the best he can in a kind of, you know, oh, shucks kind of way. But then when he gets a little pushback, he's like, fine, you, I don't want to be in charge. You know, the, because right. that all feels so real and it so does. organic. They're all so well acted by all of them. And, and they're always, the thing about this show being, again, we described it. We went into great depth to describe this theater and the round thing because all of these people, actors, are in character for the whole time. And I know that everybody can say that for every movie, but it, when they're, they can't hide. There's no hiding here. The camera's in the corner most of the time. They're, it's not always mm -hmm. zoomed in on everyone. So what a, a, one of the guys is doing while everyone else is talking is very important because mm -hmm. whether they're listening, whether they're perturbed, whether they're, you know, they're not paying attention. Like one guy is... They even make a point. They're like playing tic-tac-toe, right? Another guy yeah. is taking notes during the time, or he's not taking notes, <laughs> you know? Yeah, uh, there's there's that. I forgot that guy, juror number two, is kind of a, you know, um, like Poindexter. Or, or yeah. he's just a just a nerdy little accountant kind of guy with a really high voice. And he's like, oh, I just I just think it's very interesting. Like, he's just fascinated by life. Yeah, uh, and then there's the, and the guy that just... The, like the sports guy who likes wants to play sports. The, the, the guy like that wants to Joe. He wants to make it to the game. You've got the um the immigrant right uh -huh. who mm -hmm. it has a little bit of an accent and yeah. will will speak his mind, but you know will back down at the slightest you know bit of bit of aggression because he's right. you know had this this kind of life. Yeah, he knows. So so that. There's a lot there, right? There's a whole lot, and and these actors yeah. are always on, like they're always on, and and they they come to head. That's why the angry part of this, they come to heads often. Like there isn't a part where this doesn't feel real, like uh, so much. Like mm -hmm. people will just randomly call out votes for like no reason. We just let just vote, and you're like, oh yeah, this is how this is how it would go, right? A, a lot of this feels not like it's a movie at all. It's just like this is how it would go, and people get pissed. Right when someone's being holding them up or whatever, and I remember reading um, an article. It's something that's like ten, fifteen years ago now. But um, with some some actual like district attorney or something who said that they really disliked the popularity of courtroom dramas yeah. because um, the modern 
you know, whatever, 90s onward from from O.J. Simpson onward. Yeah. Um, courtroom dramas always have some kind of smoking gun, right? Some yeah. kind of, you know, huge, irrefutable, undeniable proof that either incarcerates someone or, or you know, lets them free. And in real life, that almost never happens. Yeah. Right? You get a series of things, and that's that's just what they go through in this movie. Like, the things are, the evidence is laid out, and 11 of the 12 guys go, yeah, that's good enough for me. You find out later that a couple of them had really decided from the beginning. and yeah. And so when they got the evidence they got, they were like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's good enough. You got... This guy heard him, and this lady saw him, yep. and they got the evidence good. that they wanted to get, and that was enough. They they heard what they wanted to hear, and said said yeah, that, let's let's do it, and um, and then they you know they go through one by one, and it's nothing, and that's what Henry Fonda's character keeps saying, like, um, I'm not saying that no, this, I'm saying that doesn't because that's how burden of proof works. Yeah. Right. Like, it's like, I'm not saying he's innocent, but what he is saying is they didn't prove that he was guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. Yeah. And that's that is the, the, the key and all the way through. And this is spoiler if you're there for the spoiler thing. Yeah, at the yeah. end, when when they all agree, it's because slowly one by by one, the doubt was raised. It was enough. It wasn't mm-hmm. that they were one. Not that any of them were 100 convinced percent convinced that he didn't do it but every one of them at the end had a doubt right? right that it was possible and that's the only thing that mattered and that's the whole thing that get kept being pressed here was that it's not whether he didn't do it it's like we have to prove 100 percent that he did do it that's the goal yeah. here not whether yeah. he did or didn't just doubt or no doubt right right and that was that was very powerful to me it was very I mean, powerful. that's why that's why the verdict is guilty or not guilty. Right. It's not guilty or innocent. It's not gu- guilty or not guilty. Right. So, and, and it was that's that was just so powerful to me that that this was uh, uh, it wasn't an argument of right or wrong. It was just was it wrong or maybe not? You know. Right. And right. and then hitting at other things, uh, there was you know, how people, there was that whole angle of element of people. Like you have to deal Mm -hmm. with humanity in this thing, not just the law. So, so many things like, I know I have a tendency to, you know, we live in the present, right? And so you think of things as like, oh, we're dealing with, we're dealing with this, this thing now where we've got to accommodate this and we've got to be aware of that and like last night in our quote unquote movie night times we watched that uh watched that Dave Chappelle special from mm-hmm. last year yeah. or the year before and before that we watched a little bit of that Eddie Murphy stand up from 1982 yeah. and wow. a couple hours of um old Chappelle of the Chappelle show from 2003 and you like get little bits and pieces of like cultural issues at different times in history but this um this whole discussion of uh the people that are born and 
grow up in slums. Like we don't call them slums anymore, but the concept still exists and is still a problem. And the prejudices, which is right, like prejudge. These guys came, that's what prejudice means. These guys came into this trial with their judgment already made. They just needed, you know, a little bit to confirm it. And right. That's, um, that's right. That's a real major point of this. And all of that for being what? 53 years ago. If my math is right. Um, 63, 63. There we go. I knew that that didn't sound right. (laughs) Um, like so much of that is still, still the same. Like our culture has changed so much in that amount of time, but these issues still exist. Um, yeah, that, the, that's such a good way to, to put that. The idea that that like every single one was a prejudice or, or and just they had an idea going in and all they needed was things to in the, the court to confirm those things. That's all they needed. That's what they were going for. And that's what they're for. But this show is about like, OK, how do we work through getting past that and actually looking at this? Right. And, and then well, and, one and by one, they all their... have to address it. Yeah, you get some of their their logic as each of them change their vote, right? It starts with the with the old guy who says he says I don't I don't know one way or the other, but you know, this guy talking about Henry Fonda has raised enough of a doubt that I'm I'm switching my vote until we until we talk it out, until we talk about it. Yeah. It's um um or 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 the human the human angles of it that some people uh are in life have no real opinion on anything they are just followers of whatever sure right like Like, there's like you know i've mentioned a couple times a couple of the guys came in you know he was already guilty in their minds when they started there were other guys who had no strong opinion they they looked at what they were shown and told in the trial and said yeah that's good enough for me until this Henry or, Fonda or, or, character because everybody some... voted, right? Everybody voted, and they're like, "Sure." I, I'm they... I'm thinking in particular, like the the salesman, the advertising guy, who who is like, he was more interested in whatever else he was talking about than anything that was going on with anyone. He, there was yeah, a vote; was... the majority went this way. He's like, "Sure." He was just distracted. It's the thing um, we talk about that uh, sometimes in well, in certain tech. Uh, um, settings we did a seminar at uh the combine one year about estimating right Mm -hmm. estimating in in tech is huge well it's huge in a lot of things right like you get you get a new deck on your house you want a contractor who's going to estimate accurately how long it's going to take and how much it's going to cost um but you're dealing with a lot of variables it's a very difficult thing to do and in this seminar we talked about um group uh decision making Right. It's uh, you have this in board games, too, where there are games like um, Sushi Go and another one just recently that I can't think of what where you reveal your cards all at the same time. Right. Yeah. Uh, In in a board game context, you do that so that um, other people's votes don't affect or their plays don't affect your play. Right. You're all working with the same same information like um they say about the game diplomacy well this is the same thing like the votes the the guys voting the the first time they vote they vote publicly 
by show of hands. Yeah. And so, yeah, a couple of them decide. And then some others who were paying attention were like, yeah, all of that seems good to me. I vote guilty. Yeah, especially um, the setup at the beginning when they're all coming in the room. There's like three or four very vocal people who are like, yeah, he's guilty. He's totally guilty. This is he, a guilty he's, thing. It's an open de- shut, de- guilty. definitely guilty. And so yeah. and so they just go along with it. Yeah. And then yeah. they do the silent vote. And there's another. And then they don't know who the second not guilty was. And of course, and, and just like normal, that people got angry and wanted to know immediately. The, right? yeah, like, they, who who the, did that? Who were you? And immediate wit- witch hunt. Yeah. Right, which again, this this show does again and again with this like uh, reinforcing that this is how people would react in a normal situation, not in a movie made up thing. Like people get angry, take things personally, hold grudges, get angry at this person, and then I, you know go on. I, we only have so much time left on this one, and I want to make sure I point out one of because I think I'd be remiss in not not saying it. The most powerful scene that I've seen in a long, long time, and I, it I deals think with, I think I know where you're where you're going with this. Right, the, and this it deals with the race, the racism mm-hmm. here. Obviously, that's a thing. It's 1957, and it's going to be a thing. And there, and it is a very, as Dennis said, it's a very important thing that his ethnicity is the person who's on trial is is of not a Anglo-Saxon white male. Right, it, it's he's male, but he's uh, of a different race. And I'm not sure they actually say it. Um, but they, they definitely don't say it later. They say that he grew up in a slum and then he's you, not one of us. And those people, he keeps calling them and it's a different thing. Tho- and, those people, it's the scene, it's the scene that's prop that feels the most or the, the most staged, I guess I'll say. Sure. Where like sure. we, we've talked, we've said several times about how real and natural and organic this whole thing feels that the one guy starts going on this rant and he like says a big that, rant like he's a big rant like he's angry now these people are always this way and you know you know you it, like, he said he talks in a lot of vague you know th- like hand wavy wink wink kind of language he's like you but, you but know, he's like, at this point he he's being very overt about it he may not be saying the person's race right out but he's he he, he is he's, 100% he's fed up and he's and he starts going on this rant and the and the guy the rest of the guys start doing this thing that i think must be um a sort of like if this were a normal setting right if they were like at a dinner not dinner party but if they were at a party or mm-hmm. you know in a public space or whatever um these guys would leave right yeah, they would they, walk they would away they would be done with this conversation right? but this is not a normal setting these 12 guys are locked in this room and they cannot leave until they get a unanimous vote one way or the other. And this guy is standing up yelling at the table about he's, these very racist He's standing comments. at the table yelling these racist and, and you know. And, and one by one, they slowly get up and turn their backs to him and they, to not pay attention to him. They leave and, the table and turn their back to him. And yeah. it's, it doesn't happen like all at once or they're very overt about it. But all no. of a sudden, after like four or five happen, you start realizing that like, oh, this is a a boycott. This is a yeah. Silent, the other, angry the other thing. more you you know it starts it starts with a couple of the guys who are most like the guy from the slums is one of the first or mm-hmm. not first but like second or third guy who gets up and you know that like oh that's personal for him he's not um you know he's not gonna sit and 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 show 
and show respect to this guy expressing right. these these uh you know um right but but after him hateful, it's, it's not just that it's hate-filled viewpoints and then eventually it gets to the other kind of follower a little more follower uh uh um mindset guys who see what's happening they start to see they're like this makes me uncomfortable but the, you, and it's all right nobody this, says this anything is not except, right type except stuff. the guy the guy ranting this is me sort of imagining what's going on in their heads like they listen to him talking they're like oh no, you know i don't know that doesn't sound right and then they see the other guys get up and walk you know as far as they can right like just across the room they're getting yeah. up from the table as a way of saying um this is so like they've been arguing I have all lost this time. all respect for anything you're saying yeah. at all. Right. They've, even even some of the the worst, what you might call the villains in the room, when they do it, they're right. like, Okay, you've you've gone so far here that no one is there. And then some one of the most powerful phrases I think that I've heard, it gave me chills and I just had to like <laughs> freak out about it, was when the other guy sitting at the table looks at him and then the, the racist guy looks down and says, You know what I'm talking about, right? he says something like he says listen just just listen you guys need to listen just listen and then he says like i hear you it says now sit down and don't say another word and i was like or i don't want to hear something out of your mouth i can't remember the exact phrase but it was just like so powerful that he rebuked him right there with with impunity and no one wanted to hear anything he ever said ever again you know and it was clear to him and he was so devastated and destroyed by that act that he went to the corner and sat in the corner for the rest of the show. Mm. And I was like, that, that was so amazing. Better than telling anybody off or putting them down or making their lives terrible, it humiliates him by a people of his peers forever. Right? And I was like, that, that just felt so good. And I want to watch that whole show again <laughs> just to see that happen. Um, so I, I, I really enjoyed that. And that, that was one of the things that clinched it, but it, it, it kept going even more. Cause after then it's like, okay, now you've hit the biggest, hardest thing that you could put here. There's also the, the guy with his family at the end, like he's trying, he doesn't, he's kind of like, he's trying to be this oppressive dad still, you know? And that's the, that's the thing you have to overcome. That's an emotional thing that finally overcomes and causes that 12th vote. Um, and you're, and, and then when the movie's over and it just ends and they come to a thing like, okay, ready to vote. There it is. There's 12. It's over. They walk out and you see the original two guys like, Hey, here's my name. And then they just walk away and you're like, wow, that show was just piece by piece dismantling 12 different people and disarming mm-hmm. them. You know, like that was, that was amazing. I felt better for watching that movie than yeah. so many other movies. Right. The, it's yeah and that's why i say let's uh we can go into uh, final judgments here though i am going to yeah. talk about the kind of ending it doesn't have a happy happy ending yeah, you but don't it see d- the guy yay go out and celebrate and yeah everything. it has a it has a positive um it has a positive ending in the just a sense of like you know the hope and faith in the justice system or something yeah the justice like that. System, that it wasn't that we know that these 12 people voted initially the way they did because of their prejudices and not, but that was overcome. That right. was the positive part of it. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, final judgment type thing. I, I 
This is a movie m- m- here. Now that we're in official, not spoiler free mm-hmm. final judgment. This is a movie that like Dennis said at the beginning, I never heard of as well. I didn't know about it. I didn't know anything. I barely read a synopsis for it. Um, it's black and white. It's like in the 1950s. <laughs> and yep. this could easily probably slip in my top 10. And, and I'm surprised. I'm genuinely surprised that that would, that I would have that at least top 20. Um, yeah. And, and I am, this movie single-handedly justified this entire experiment <laughs> we're doing here for me. Just because I, I, I've seen a lot of these movies. I've, there's been a lot yeah. of movies I haven't seen and we've watched. But this one made me feel like because of watching these top 100 lists on this poster exposed me to something I never would have seen or given a bat no. an eye at no. uh, or batted an eyelash at or whatever. And now I'm so happy that I did. All right. This makes me want to explore more, watch more shows that are recommended and, and things like that that I'd never seen before. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, you know, I I sort of said this. You watched it before I did, so I I heard your sort of positive. I, uh, I couldn't thing. I couldn't hold back, man. I was trying. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then I watched it. I watched it myself, and even knowing, you know, I was I was sort of hyped up. I'm like, okay, this is gonna be good. Like, I've uh, we've we've been the other way for for the most part, where I thought something was worth seeing at least once, and. And you thought it was, if not a waste of time, a, like sure. d- didn't need to have have seen yeah. it. And it's it's sure. pretty rare that we go the other way. Like I think I was, uh, like Goonies was maybe the only one that I didn't hate, but I was like, uh, sure, sure. If you didn't see it as a kid, it doesn't really, sure, yeah, yeah, really hold up that much for me. But um, but it's rare that we do have where I I'm like, I mean, I'm I'm a guy that even terrible movies are usually, you know, pretty good, but. <laughs> pretty pretty good but um yeah i i didn't even i didn't have a lot of time to even think about that because i was so engaged in everything that was going on like they talk about how hot it is and you see them get more and more sweaty as the movie goes on and you're like yeah i can feel the the tension and the and the like every every part of it was so was so um so visceral and so real like it all felt um i I don't even know if visceral is the right word but like all of the arguments between these guys even for being however old we said 63 years um it still all felt like the exact same kind of issues and and conversations we have among people today because like that hasn't changed like people are still people and they have they're different issues and they're different backgrounds and they're different personalities. And all of that is as true today as it was then in 1957. Yeah. And it, it took, it took an hour and a half. This movie, I think it's an hour and a half long to get to this yeah. movie. But, uh, but I will say at about 20, 30 minutes in, I, maybe 40, I wasn't really looking at a timer ever mm-hmm. on this movie. Yeah. It feels like it should be one of those movies where you are, but you, I don't, I'm so engaged, but let's say 20, 30 minutes in, I kept thinking like, Oh man, this is going to take days. Like we're going to yeah. be here day. We're going to be here for days because as it as it kept going, I was like, I was like, man, I think I did check the time a couple times because I'm like, we're getting like I knew it was only ninety minutes, and I'm like, how are they? There's only twenty minutes left. How are they? How gonna- can they solve this? Yeah, <laughs> and they even do a nighttime change, like the the set changes kind of because they turn the lights on and it gets a storm out and it gets nighttime. Oh man, that the the storm comes and you can 
almost feel like between the sound and the reactions and whatever, like you can almost yeah. feel the like cool air, right? When it starts <laughs> to rain and then like water's coming in. So he goes over and shuts the window. It's just all so, uh, just so, so real. So, so yeah, again, it's all just good. Like, just like you said, I, I had never heard of this movie and probably would not have ever like heard about it or seen it without, um, without a list like this. And, uh, and I'm really glad that I watched it. I, we've probably given you enough information for the listener. If you have never heard of this yourselves, it's almost like the original courtroom drama, but it's 90 minutes long. If you have ever enjoyed a courtroom drama, uh, you should watch it. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, I, I can't say this enough. Give it, Give it the time it deserves, meaning, meaning or attention that it deserves. Don't don't put this on like in the middle of the day when you're going to wash dishes or that you're going to do some things in the middle or or don't do this and pull out your phone. Like honest, honestly, watch this movie, turn down the lights and watch this movie. You know, yeah, it, it there, deserves your attention the whole way. There through. is there is a lot of visual storytelling. There's no like, you know, sword fights or anything. Yeah, but. Right. A lot of information is conveyed through looks and expressions and reactions that you're not going to get if you're just listening to it. Yeah, ter- this is the time when you turn your phone off and watch this movie, uh, and and you will be better for it. So, yeah, A plus plus would recommend multiple times. And I and I'm hoping actually that I can recommend this to several friends, and I want to do it in the right way. Like I want to give it in the right way. Like, hey, watch <laughs> this, but don't you know? I give. I'll put my reputation on the line if you watch it the right way, type thing. Right, right. Yeah. That's that's the thing I do. Where I'm like, I'm like, which of our friends would most like this? I assume Cogswell has already seen it, but Trotsky if he has it. He needs to. Uh, I think. I think our, our buddy Trotsky. I think even one of, Pete would enjoy it. One of Trotsky's whole things is like you. You arrive at the best decision, the best quote unquote truth through consensus, through uh, debate, and yeah. that's this whole movie yeah so i'm i yeah i will i'm and i will put myself on the line and if if you don't appreciate this movie i can always respect that but that's one of those ones that like if if you absolutely see nothing in this movie then you and i probably won't see eye to eye on on a lot of movies <laughs> in general we just won't right you know i mean right yeah um so yeah well, okay what do we got I, I hate to move off such a great great movie but uh, yeah we're, we're what, running what do we a little got long next week? um I've got our buddy Fox lined up to to come back and and join us next week. Uh, we're watching one of his. Uh, I'm going to say favorites. I don't know if it's favorites. It's he said he described it as a movie he finds himself defending a lot. So oh, okay, it, th- that's not quite the same as saying favorite, but uh, the movie is Gangs of New York. Oh, uh, DiCaprio. I think I believe so. Yeah, it's DiCaprio, and the villain is. Um... Isn't it? Uh, um, oh no, not the villain, but one of the, one of the main characters is. Uh, oh my gosh, he energizes people. What am I thinking? Uh, <laughs> you know, who I'm talking Daniel about Day Lewis. No, Pete's sakes. Um, uh, boy, the... <laughs> O'Brien. It's O'Brien is in this. Oh, uh, Colm Meany. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't. O'Brien is in this one. I actually don't see him high on this list, but the cast is like. Uh, yeah. DiCaprio, Daniel Day Lewis, Cameron Diaz. I could John be wrong, C. but I, I, thought, I thought he was he was in this one. But Liam Neeson. Wow, there's so many. Yeah, I don't well, see him in the, uh, our our buddy Fox is uh, 
it'll be nice to have him on because I know that uh, poor Geek Scholars has been on a bit of a hiatus during this uh, COVID nineteen stuff. Well, there, the movie there's, industry shut there's down. very little movie news, so so I'm I'm sure that he's ready to be on his his broadcast voice once again <laughs> and and get things moving. So it'll be good to have him. Okay, Gangs of New York. We'll 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 get that one moving. Um, I have seen this one before. I remember enjoying it, but it has been a while. Uh, I definitely forget the nuances of it. Have you um, have you seen the Harley Quinn cartoon? Oh, series? Uh, season two. No, I have seen like two episodes. It is definitely on my catch up must binge list. So maybe next week we can talk about that. If one. you, I know we have just a couple days before we record again, but oh yeah, uh, right. Yeah. If you get caught up on that, I'll bet we can have a conversation because that's a, a show fox has really been enjoying too. oh correct yeah yeah i'm uh, i my my uh binge i'm finally now school's done time to, to catch up on some some things that i, I can put mm. dedicated effort towards that is definitely one of them avenue five was one of them too which i finished that one silicon mm. valley i'm i'm working through and almost done with the last part uh, bit bit of that last season uh veep is one to get to i'm finishing upload which i hoped to have done this week but i'm almost savoring it i like it so much because like i don't want to binge through i i don't normally binge stuff but that was that show was very much like i wanted to and the amazon prime app has such a short like three seconds and it's playing the next episode so yeah i i I want to i want to binge that but but sydney is sydney is a great barometer for me she like she (laughs) waits like she's done with an episode and she's Mm -hmm. good with it and she'll wait for the next day uh, so that's good. Otherwise, I would have binged that thing. So yeah, I, I'm going to come that upload as we ending. So next week, hopefully, we'll have man a lot to go through um, for the next couple of weeks. Very exciting, good things. This uh, time at home, we've all been able to have a little bit extra stuff to catch up on, and it feels really good. Also, we we'll, uh, got some video games we're going to go over there. Man, next week will be really exciting. Go ahead, t- tune back in. We'll really some fun things to talk about. Yeah, yeah. And 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 Dennis and I are uh, they're loosening up our. Uh, bringing back the economy stuff. So maybe we'll even venture outside at some point. So yeah, maybe who knows, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, this has been the front porch episode 142. Thanks as always to our friends, geek scholars, movie news and LRM online. Uh, If you like star Trek or role-playing game podcasts, you could listen to our other show. I'm at least one week behind publishing that. (laughs) One of those people who is more busy under quarantine, not less. Uh, <laughs> that's anyway, right. that's our other show, uh, KlingonsAndDragons.com. It's not safe for work. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, tell us your top five movies of all time. Uh, you can email us, if you like, FrontPorchPod at gmail.com, or go to our website, FrontPorchPodcast.com. Those contact forms, super easy. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, you can subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Orcast, anywhere podcasts are found. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For the Front Porch. Night, everybody. See you next time.